Log Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. Hopefully, you are having a very fun-filled weekend. This is a busy weekend. We've got a holiday smashed in between Father's Day and, oh man, it's just a lot going on here. And I'm just predicting that you're having a great summer. Last summer wasn't, not so much, but this summer is a lot better, better than it was a year ago. But not as good as it was two years ago, but we're getting there. We are getting there. Well, let me tell you about uh, today's show here. We have two, uh, actually three guests here. We have uh, two of the gentlemen who are responsible for this new upcoming documentary that will be premiering later this month, before the end of this month, called Bake Light. B-A-K-E-L-I-T-E, and I'll tell you more about that when it's uh, time to bring their segment on board. And then we have uh, a spokes lady from the 7th Annual Nevada Women's Film Festival, which starts on Monday, June 21st, all the way through June 27th. It will be mostly, I say about 99.9% virtual, but they do have, I believe it's a couple of events that will take place uh, on site here in Las Vegas, but we will be bringing the guest on so she can give us more details about that just in about another minute or so. And of course, we have auditions. I have auditions, yes. Love those auditions. You guys love those auditions, too, because you, you've told us so. You give us so much email and so much feedback behind those auditions. And so I will be bringing you those in between guests here. So let's first, do we need to take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I'll be bringing our first guest on board. So stay tuned. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, and uh, it's time to bring on board our first guest. And as I stated a minute ago, uh, our guest is Michelle Patrick, and she is one of the board members of the 7th Annual Nevada Women's Film Festival, which starts on June 21st through the 27th. And like all of the major film festivals, it uh, will be done virtually, but there are, I believe, is two particular events that will take place on site here in Las Vegas, but Michelle will tell us more about uh, those events. But in the meantime, you can get your uh, passes for the entire uh, festival, A just an amazing lineup of films, 50 in all, I believe I'm got that number right. And so the purpose of this annual film festival is to celebrate and support 
the fair representation of women in film. And it's not only just women uh, filmmakers here in the state of Nevada, but they have selection a selection of films by talented filmmakers from around the world. They are from the globe. This is a global uh, festival as far as submissions are concerned. Just uh, well, I tell you what, just go to the website, go to Nevada Women's Fest, Film Festival. You can Google those words. Michelle will give us the exact website as to uh, how you can get uh, purchase your passes or if you want to purchase uh, tickets for a certain, maybe two or three films, or why not just get the entire pass? You will not believe the price. It is just it, for what you're getting, it's just amazing. But I don't want to reveal too much. Let's bring Michelle Patrick on to tell us more about the Nevada, the 7th Annual. Make sure I put that in. The 7th Annual Nevada Women's Film Festival that starts on Monday, June 21st through the 27th. So let's bring Michelle on right now. Hi, Janice. It's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Okay, well, we are all here, you and I, we are all gathered together here. So let's get busy chatting about the 7th Annual Nevada Women's Film Festival. So, yes, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, okay, um, tell me, everything starts June 21st, and it's June 21 through to the 27th. So yes. what's happening on opening day? Are there any special activities or what? Well, um, so in regard to the pandemic, or rather in response to it, a lot of this program is, is still going to be virtual. Um, the one um, event that we do have that um, is going to be in person is going to be the mixer on Saturday but we um, do have some live streaming events that are going to start on Thursday, but you'll be able to start watching films as, as close to Monday as possible. So, um, or on Monday. So we're really excited. So excited. Oh, that is good. That is very good. So now this is of, um, just looking at your name, uh, Nevada Women's Film Festival. So I'm assuming that the bulk of your submissions, are they, from women who are based in Nevada, or is it women from all over the country, or just how is that working? Well, we actually, um, we're going to be highlighting 58 films from over 20 different countries. This has actually become an international event. I mean, it always has, but the really cool thing um, was when we actually had to do this uh, festival online last year, it really opened the floodgates to having actual conversations with a lot of different uh, female filmmakers from really across the world, and we had never been able to do that. So it was really nice to finally be able to put faces uh, with names and have actual dialogue in real time. But yes, we not only received submissions from all over the world, we also um, received submissions from local filmmakers, um, from filmmakers across the country as well. But um, we always highlight uh, Nevada filmmakers as well. Um, we do have some categories such as uh, Nevada Women Filmmakers of the Year and then also Nevada Women of Achievement. And we are highlighting um, those women this year uh, in terms of the Nevada 
Women of Achievement, we're highlighting, or rather celebrating, excuse me, Gemma Jones. Um, and then for the uh, Nevada Women Filmmakers of the Year, we are celebrating Costanza and Domenica Castro, which we're just, we're so excited about. Oh, it sounds very exciting indeed. Uh, so tell me about, I know you're also going to have uh, panels and such. Can you tell me of a couple of the panels uh, and topics that will be discussed? Yes. This is actually one of uh, the most popular um, highlights of the festival. We always have um, tons of guests that love to come and just kind of dig into the meat and bones of, um, of what the female voice really represents. Um, we are really excited about uh, Thursday's discussion with uh, Danette Toll. And she is actually going to be talking with Gemma, who I had mentioned earlier, um, again, the Nevada Woman of Achievement, um, just talking about really her accomplishments as really one of the busiest producers in Nevada. Um, again, we have just tons of discussions about um, what challenges come about, um, what are some trends that are happening, and I think everyone's really going to um, talk about really what's happened in the past year um, in terms of the pandemic um, and what people, or rather what women in film have been doing, um, what women in film, what w women filmmakers, excuse me, um, really want to address, and it seems like Right, we're still having conversations about inequity. We're still having conversations about uh, discrimination. We're still having conversations about sex, sex, sexism. Um, again, hopefully these are things that we will not have to continue to address, but um, we're still going to tell that through uh, not only our voices, but through this lens. Okay, okay. And Yes. And you're right. It's unfortunate that we are still having to address some of those those uh, social topics as, uh, you know, female filmmakers, but hopefully it's diminishing and getting better, we hope. Yes. We really Yes, do. we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. I mean, it, 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 it seems as though, you know, storytelling through a female lens tends to be intimidating. I mean, otherwise, why would we? still have to fight to celebrate it, right? Yes, exactly. So there must be something we're doing right that is still kind of making some people feel a little pressured. So we're not doing yes. everything wrong. <laughs> right, right. So, okay, so tell me about the annual FEMI Awards. I think that's such a cute title, FEMI Awards. Yes, yes. This is actually um, one of our favorites. Um these awards and and Nikki Corda, who actually um, is the executive director, she really was the one that um, really just kind of spearheaded um, all of this. Um, and she'll she'll be also around and about, um, but also um, talking a lot about um, her expertise and her vision and how this is going to move forward. But yeah, the the semis um, sort of like. Uh, a, a smaller rendition of the Emmys, if you will, okay. right? But again, just talking and, and coming through the lens of the feminine voice. And this is really just sort of like our award show, if you will, 
um, where we highlight um, some of the best features and, and submissions um, that we receive. So we have categories such as best short film, best short documentary, best feature, best female protagonist, um, uh, let's see, spirit of activism, best Nevada film, best animated film, we've got best student film. I mean, we're really just digging in and, and highlighting and, and, making sh- and making sure that everybody, or at least we try to make sure that those um, submissions get recognized properly. But it's really fun, and it's going to be streamed on the 27th, which is Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Okay. So for for people who uh, purchase, maybe if they get an all-package pass, uh, will the FEMI Awards, will that be included in the package? or can they Yes. Be? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so tell everyone how they can get their tickets and get their packages if they want to do that. What's the website? How do you do that? Oh, great. So okay. they can go to NWFF. EST.com, that's NWSFest.com, and under there, it'll bring you up to our page, and there is a option or tab for tickets. You click on that, and um, it gives you uh, a couple of different options. You can look at the film guide, see what we're offering. Uh, There's a tab for the virtual festival. You can purchase your passes. and when you pull up the film guide, you, you'll be able to purchase your tickets right there. And tickets uh, start at seven fifty, and the passes are $30. Oh, what good prices. Man. Yes, yes. We, we've been yes, very affordable. Very affordable. We spend more than $30 at our favorite coffee bars, you know? <laughs> I right. <write. laughs> But it's that's a lot of money. But look at what that you is. can get. Thirty dollars, right. you get an entire film festival and an award show, <laughs> panel discussions, right. everything. You know, that's right. I love it. Well, so let me ask you this really fast. Uh, you have some uh, wonderful uh, official selection films, and um, two in particular, very international. One film, Afghan Women. Um, yes. And then there's another one. I understand. Call alone together. So, uh, yes. tell me just a, a briefly about those two in particular. Well, the the reason why we are just so committed to highlighting international stories, particularly with Afghan women. I mean, again, this is almost right in terms of um, telling those stories through a very authentic lens. I mean, you. Really, there's a lot of restriction, right, if you will, in terms of culturally how these stories are being told through women, through women's voices, right? Um, we know that in Western culture, there's always a little bit of conflict in terms of us treading very carefully in terms of how that story is always told. And we feel like with this film, particularly Afghan women, it's just really important to recognize, right, that women um, are really brave, really strong through any type of adversity. And I think those are the things that we tend to forget when we're over here because there's, there's other pockets of turmoil happening 
in the United States, but I think for the most part it's – like I, I, I don't want to give too much away because sure. I tend to play – I don't want anyone to think that we're playing favorites, so I, I generally tend not to um, – to, to want to do that um, with any of our films, but I, I, I don't want to give too much away, but I will say that um, these are really strong, strong films and really strong, um, really strong storytelling through this, through this lens. Yes, I find that uh, international independent films are, you know, the, the story, whether it's a fiction or whether it's a documentary or nonfiction, uh, they're just so strong, and, and the filmmaker just really puts their heart into their films. Over here, we do too, but we're, you know, Hollywood is Hollywood, you know. <laughs> we all know what that's oh, about. Janice, that's a whole other rabbit hole that I, I just don't want to go down, because I, I don't know if you have another hour. I, I don't want to go down. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, oh, goodness, but... Well, but yes, and, and, and to that, right, I mean, I think that we have to also continue to encourage especially American um, film goers and, and audiences to continue to support these films. Yes. Because it, it still seems to be a little bit of a struggle or rather a challenge to um, get most people to just think outside of what's going on in America. Um, and again, not to disqualify the turmoil that is happening because it's real and it is very legitimate. But um, I think if people really started to look through a different lens, I think that that not only would they have an appreciation for uh, these filmmakers, but also what other women are going through, right, in, yeah. in the face of adversity. So um, it's okay. If there's a caption there, it's okay. It's just, it's just, it's like another part of your brain you have to use, uh-huh. and that's okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love reading captions. I just do. It it just keeps me sharp on my reading and reading skills and comprehension, and I don't mind right? it at all. I really don't mind. I don't. It. Either. I don't. I don't I either. I love it. I just don't love it. Well, before we wrap this up, um, this fifty. Screenings, uh, films, I should say. There's a lot of wonderful film work there. So for the filmmakers, ladies out here, when do you ladies start taking new submissions? Is, do you give yourself a, a break, a week or two after the festival is over, or when do you start again? <laughs> um, well, because of the pandemic, right? So, so traditionally, we, or rather I should say historically, we had this festival in March. It happened every March, but because we had to shift um, and produce this all online last year, we moved it um, to June. So we were receiving submissions. I, I, we generally tend to receive them in the fall, but now that this has shifted, I mean, they're now coming right, like immediately right after the festival, um, and that's what happened last year. So um, we, we will have a call, um, and that will be on our website. And so if um, anyone is interested in, or if anyone um, is dreaming about becoming a filmmaker, 
Um, I highly encourage you to definitely go to our website. Um, there are a ton of resources on there, not just about submissions, but why we do what we do mm-hmm. and how we want to continue to support the feminine voice in film. And, and again, not... Uh, we, we, of course, our, our primary submissions are from women, but we also do accept some submissions um, from men, um, from young men, really, but, but stories that still focus and, cir- uh, and, and circle in on um, women and their storytelling and their stories. Oh, that's great to hear. That is good to hear, very much so. Yes. There are some guys out here who have, over the years in history, made some wonderful films. Uh, pertaining to women and their cause, our causes and such as that. So, yeah, that's good to know. So one more time, yeah. give us the website on uh, where everybody, if they want to submit films or get tickets, give us all that one more time. Oh, sure. It's nwffest.com. So that's the acronym for Nevada Women's Film Festival.com. And you can just type that in okay. Google pop that bad boy up and then you just click on that and all of our information will come up. We've got tickets scheduled about past festivals if you wanted to know what we've been doing. We've been doing this since 2015, again, our seventh year, and we're just so excited and proud as we continue to grow this this exciting festival. And lastly, uh, will there be an opportunity? I'll tell you this, like, I'll get back to the question. One of the positive things that virtual Zoom and all of this has done during the pandemic as it pertains to film festivals is that it has given uh, the actual filmmakers an opportunity to meet and greet and Q&A with the fans. And that's, that part has really been good. That's been really good. It has. It, it has been. I mean, and that's the thing that we cannot continue to stress enough um, and, and are so happy about that this has really not only expanded our audience, but again, what I was saying earlier just about having – that immediate access to the filmmakers and being able to see them and 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 like you said uh, for our audiences to be able to to see them and connect it's just really amazing and we're definitely going to continue to add this virtual component to the festival as we move forward Um, because again we're just we're all about access right and making sure that women know that this is possible and that their voices are valid and real and heard that's great and supported that's really great. Well, okay, Michelle, I have ran out of questions. Is there anything that you'd like to add that I didn't cover or what? Um, I just wanted to give you a shout-out. Thank you so much for your this time and giving us an opportunity to uh, talk about our festival and um, just highlighting that Nevada uh, doesn't just offer the strip. Right? Yeah. We've got cultural things and cultural activities happening um, really all throughout the state. And this is definitely one of those diamonds in the rough, if you will. So thank you so much again, Janice. We, we really, really appreciated this. 
Well, it was just an honor and, and just a great opportunity for me to chat with you to find out more about this festival because I've only been here in Vegas for short, under two years, actually. And so um, then the minute I moved here, then everything, you know, the pandemic hit. So I'm still learning a lot of things and a lot of activities. And so I'm just real honored that I had a chance to, you know, explore your festival and uh, to participate in. So thank you for that opportunity as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and we will we'll we'll chat again next year, right? Yes, we will. Oh my goodness! Hopefully, right. we can just have you in the studio then, face to face. Yay! Yes, I love face to face. Yes, remember face to face? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! But anyway, thank you again so so very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. This is my absolute pleasure. Okay, before we sign off, I have some auditions that I need to bring to your attention. I think you will be more than delighted with maybe trying out for some of these um, upcoming reality shows that they're working on. Well, actually, one is all, two of them are already done. They're hit shows, actually. So grab your pencil, paper, and let's get with it about this week's auditions. Okay, here we go. Got your pen, got your paper, chalkboard, whatever you need to get, your dry erase board, whatever you need to get. Okay, we're ready. Somebody just dropped something there from my foot. Ouch. But anyway, uh, let's go with audition number one. There is a new upcoming reality show, and this show is about uh, people who are living with very embarrassing dental and facial issues. So they're looking for people all over the nation. If you're missing teeth, if you have uh, mouth tumors, uh, facial cysts, lesions, any kind of severe tooth dental problems. Uh, maybe you've been you've got these problems, but they have not been officially diagnosed yet by a dentist or, you know, a dental professional. Anyway, the the main thing is if you are suffering from an embarrassing, painful, or perplexing, very difficult mouth facial issue, this show and the producers are looking for you, and they want to hear from you. And if you are selected, you can get help with this situation, and uh, also get to be on national television, but most of all, you will work with nationally recognized experts in the field of oral and facial and dental care that can help you resolve, hopefully, this problem. So what you need to do is you need to send uh, an email with a picture of yourself and the problem, you know, a picture of your face and, and, you know, just where the problem is. And you need just a small bio, just a little bit about yourself and what the problem is, how it's affecting your life. And again, keep it brief. Send that to casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, casting at Bodegraph. Nope, wrong. Got it wrong. Start over. I just knew. I just knew that was a different spelling. Let's start over. You need to send it to casting at B as in boy, O, D as in dog, E, G, A, pictures.com. I believe that's pronounced bodega, pictures.com. So, again, it's casting at B as in boy, O, D as in dog, E, G, A, 
pictures with an S dot com. Send in your picture. They can obviously see what the problem is and just, again, a brief explanation as to what the problem is and how it's affecting your life. And who knows, you might get selected. Okay, our next two, and these are our last two, if you are all about that kitchen, oh, yeah, if you can chef it out and just do what it takes in the kitchen to just, just show out, some people can show out on the stage. You can show out in the kitchen. If that is you, they need you. The Food Network is casting for Chef Boot Camp. Yes! One of their hit shows, and this is time for a second season, season two. And they are looking for people. Yes, they are. They are looking for all kinds of people, again, if you are in the, the chef business, uh, if you are an employer and you would like to nominate one of your star employees that you believe that could benefit and show their thing and do their thing on the three-day boot camp show with world-renowned chef Cliff Crooks, this is the opportunity. This is it. Yeah, this is it. So, they are again, they're looking for professional chefs of all skill levels, all skill levels, from beginners to those who are all the way up there at the top, the chefs. So what you need to do, pretty similar, you need to send a selfie and a short bio to chefs, with an S, at the house that castingbuilt.com. That's it. You want to try out for season two of Chef Boot Camp. They're looking for you all over the nation. Again, send a selfie and a short bio to chefs with an S at the house that castingbuilt.com. And let's see what happens. You might get selected and get on television as well and meet uh, the great chef uh, Cliff there. And to further speak of great chefs, Got the final audition for you, Chef Gordon Ramsay. Oh, Chef, Chef, Chef. That's one of my favorite television chefs. Well, guess what? They are looking for, again, chefs for the new show, Next Level Chef. And they're looking, again, all over the nation, and they're wanting people who are really tenacious and talented, and also you you, you, you kind of need to know how to cook there. And so this doesn't matter if you're a line cook, a home chef, a sous chef, or a chef chef, food truck owners as well. Food truck owners, you, you qualify for this as well. To try out your culinary masterful skills, to compete up there. You know, you, you, you get on the show, you get to have Chef Gordon yell and scream at you. What an honor that is. Oh, my goodness. You could scream at me. Man. I can't cook dog food, but I would try to go on the show if I could get Chef Gordon to scream and cuss at me. But anyway, if you want to try out for Next Level Chef, this is what you need to do. Similar, very similar. Send your first and last name, your contact telephone number, the city and state where you live, a brief bio about you, your cooking skills, and why you think that you would be great for this show. Plus, they want you to send some recent photographs in JPEG format of you. Okay? Again, we take selfies every day, all day long. You may as well put those selfies to use. Uh, but again, you need to know how to cook too. So, uh, yeah, that's what you need to do. 
First and last name, contact phone number, city and state where you live, brief bio about yourself, your cooking skills, and why you think that you would work for this show, Next Level Chef, starring Chef Gordon Ramsay. Okay, send all of that to this email address, jason.castingtv at gmail.com. I really appreciate these real simplified email addresses. Uh, again, it's Jason with a dot, casting TV at gmail.com to send your goods and wares in to try out for Next Level Chef. Also want to remind you that if you are selected, uh, you try out for these auditions, if you are selected to go make an in-person appearance, I guess that would be like round two, they are abiding by COVID uh, guidelines and restrictions. So just remember that if you are selected. So let's get past round one first, and that is, submitting your content of who you are, where you are, and what you do, and show up. Just show them how great you are at what you do. Okay, you got it? I think you've got it. Always email me if you don't, info at filmfestivalradio.com, and I'll be more than happy to help you out with those email addresses. Okay, we are so out of time on this edition of the show. Thank you guys for listening as always. Thank you to all of my guests. Prop with his new book, Josiah, and Joe Morofsky from American Ninja Warrior. Hey, we'll be tuning in on the 21st, cheering you guys and young ladies on to victory because it's all going to take place. It's going down in uh, beautiful Las Vegas uh, at the end of season 13 for American Ninja Warrior. Okay, it's going down here. I'm going to get some barbecue here, and uh, we will see you guys on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Have a safe weekend, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing all of those details about uh, the Nevada Women's Film Festival, the seventh annual, this one. So again, it takes place June 21st through the 27th, and the website to get your passes and tickets and just get in on all of the scheduled uh, films as to what time they will be screening virtually, uh, the website is NWFF. EST.com, and there you will find all of the details. And I want to correct myself: is uh, this year they had 58 films from 20 foreign countries that will be screened. So that's a lot of a lot of great films. So I plan on getting in to see as many as I can. So I'll see you at the website. Okay, so let's roll right into um, what do we got to do? We're going to take a break. No, we're done. Okay, let's roll right into our next guest here. Uh, to further speak of films and documentaries and such, that is uh, this topic of my next two guests. The documentary is titled All Things Bakelite, B 
B-A-K-E-L-I-T-E. And it will be uh, arriving here uh, for the public to see on June 29th worldwide premiere. And the executive producer is Hugh Carriker. Car- I hope I'm pronouncing the name properly. Uh, K-A-R-R-A-K-E-R. Hugh Carriker. Is he the Carriker or Carriker? I'll ask him when we get on board here. And um, this is a, a very important film because I don't want to give away too much, but let me give you the director. Our other guest joining you is director John Mayer, and he's the director of the documentary feature. And again, uh, executive producer is Hugh Carriker. And uh, this film is about Hugh's great-grandfather. His name was Leo Bakeland. And this film will be premiering all over the world on iTunes, Apple TV, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, uh, just all of the major streaming uh, outlets will have it. Plus, it will also, not only here in North America, but it will be premiering in six on six continents. So that is definitely around the world there. And rightfully so. I will tell you that this film is about the story of Leo Bakeland. And again, that is the great-grandfather of one of our guests here, Hugh. Uh, Leo has been called the father of the plastics industry. And that is because of his just amazing inventure, invention, I should say, of Bakelite, which is an inexpensive, non-flammable and versatile plastic, which marked the beginning of the modern plastic industry that we use every day, like so many, Tupperware, just all kinds of plastic items that we use in our everyday life at home, business world. Well, this gentleman, Leo Bakeland, he is, again, called the father of the plastics industry. And so in 1907 is when uh, his invention was uh, developed, and that just changed the modern-day world forever. Uh, Mr. Bakeland was a Belgian chemist, and uh, he was known for many other inventions, especially in the area of photography, uh, photography, photographic paper uh, that was, again, uh, became an everyday part of especially if you were a photographer. But this is a film that is a teachable film. It's also very informative and it's entertaining as well. Again, the title is All Things Bakelite. And uh, it will be premiering on June 29th throughout the world. YouTube, Vudu, Google Play, Apple TV, all of them. iTunes, all of them. All the top streaming uh, video outlets will be uh screening this. So I think this is a wonderful film, especially if you are a student, uh, you know, in the STEM uh, studies, the STEM professions, or maybe you're thinking about, you know, going to college to study uh, science or technology, engineering or math, of course. And this is a great film for you to look at, will be very inspiring and very motivational. And again, it's also quite entertaining as well. So uh, I have the director, again, John Mayer, and I have the executive producer, Hugh Carriker, who, again, uh, Mr. Bakeland is, uh, was his great-grandfather, uh, Leo Bakeland. So let's bring both gentlemen on board to tell us more about the making of 
the upcoming new documentary, All Things Bakelite. So let's bring them on board right now. Well, okay. Uh, we will get started here with both of you gentlemen. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we're talking about the documentary that's going to be released uh, later this month, All Things Bakelite. And it's such a fascinating story. Um, Hugh, about your great-grandfather, I understand, Leo Bakeland. Uh, am I pronouncing it correct? Is it Bachland or Bakeland? Bakeland. Bakeland, okay. Well, let's start with how did this story with the two of you coming together to get this, such a great story for everyone, but especially for science people who are interested in science and the STEM-type um, topics. But how did you two get together to do this project? Oh, let's explain that. Okay. Um, we both lived in a, a little town in Connecticut, Reading, Connecticut, and I was working on um, a couple of history films, local history films, and I needed some good dancers for a scene called the library dances where I wanted shadows of people dancing on the library uh, bookshelves. Um, and I heard that there were two really terrific dancers, uh, you and Sherry Carricker, in town. And so we, we brought them in to do the scene. And uh, I think after that, uh, uh, you was kind of spying on me to see how the production went. I don't blame him. And after everything went really well with the two little films we did, um, he uh, invited me to join him on the adventure. Okay. And... You too. Did you you have any idea at the time uh, who his great grandfather was and his important contribution to science and really all of our our culture? You, you know, I I I knew very little. Um, I kind of had Bakelite on my way back burner, and I I knew the name, but beyond that, I really didn't know a lot until we got immersed in the story. Okay. Okay. Now, Hugh. Uh, when, how old were you when you first found out how, how important your great-grandfather's work was? Um, well, when I found my mother had all his papers and uh, journals, I realized um, later in life after my acting career, um, that this was a treasure trove of material that needed to be translated into a, either a book or a film. And my mother was going to write the book, the biography, but she never got to it. So when my mother passed away, I inherited the family archives and decided to make a movie about it. And then I saw John Mars movies, uh, particularly, particularly one about big band, marching band, called Throw It Down, and I fell in love with his style. So I hired him to make the film about my great-grandfather. 
and there we are. I should say, here we are, all things Bakelite. Now, um, the, I guess you could call it the, the, the summary uh, of the film is somewhat about the, the creation and the story of how synthetic plastic uh, came to be. Um, so just, you could, either one or both of you, what is Bakelite? And, and just tell us some products and, and items that have become a result from using your, your great-grandfather's invention. Go ahead, John. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Bakelite is uh, the first real phenolic resin product that uh, came out of Leo Bakelin's laboratory in Yonkers, New York, in 1905, was it? Uh, in that oh, seven. No, I'm sorry. 1907. He started work on it earlier uh, and spent many, many years um, experimenting and trying different things. He was a very stubborn individual. He kept at it when in, uh, in Europe in the late 1800s, uh, virtual who's who of chemists uh, tried to figure out what was going on with the phenolic reaction, and, and they gave up on it. It's just so tricky uh, that they couldn't really uh, master it. So it was left to Leo Bakelin, the stubborn uh, immigrant from Belgium to the United States, to uh, figure it out, and he, in fact, did figure out how to kind of control and tame the wild beast and created this amazing first real plastic, Bakelite. Ah, okay, okay. And so now it's just obviously a, been for decades a part of our everyday life of obviously so many different items and products and such. So... Um, with this film, I understand that there are various uh, archival images and clips and such, but uh, there are a lot of experts that are interviewed. So tell us about what we can see in addition to the actual story, but what, what else is involved in the, in the film? Uh, oh, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like plastic itself. It's very fluid. Uh, there are a number of uh, there's an, uh, uh, artists uh, interviewed. Uh, chemists and uh, family members, actually, as well. And we have uh, some very rare archival footage uh, from the Bakeland archives that we were able to uh, to transfer and, and, and kind of save, actually, some of this old, old footage. Um, in addition to uh, some original, a lot of original work we did with with both Bakelite and some of the modern plastics that are kind of the great-grandchildren of plastic because really after uh, Bakelite was developed, it really opened the floodgates for a lot of other plastics that came later. So, uh, yeah, we tried to cover the whole gambit, really, and also get into the impact of, of the misuse of plastic that's happening now, and it's a, getting to be a pretty hot topic. Um, the proliferation of plastic uh, everywhere in the world and, unfortunately, not being controlled very well at this point. So that's part of the story as well. Well, that's good to hear because, as you said, uh, ecologists and, you know, very sometimes radical scientists and activists have really, you know, included to be concerned about plastic abuse and use, but sometimes some people go way overboard, as we all know. But that's good that you guys are addressing that particular 
portion of, of the whole topic. Yeah, we, 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 didn't, we didn't get any money from the plastic industry to make this film. So we feel like it's, a, it's really an honest look at really the big thing is, is the creation of this first plastic uh, back in the day when people really didn't realize how out of control it could get. Uh, and then talking about uh, what's going on today in the efforts to, uh, to get a handle on uh, reusable plastic, biodegradable plastic, that sort of thing. Okay, very good to know there. Well, now, uh, Hugh, I was wondering, uh, what was your family's initial reaction after the whole film was completed and there was a screening, obviously, for the whole family? What was everybody's response and reaction to the film? Everybody likes it very much. They're very happy. It was made. That's good to know. That's really good to know. And what a great tribute uh, to your family. And this is uh, obviously a film and a project that uh, the next, in the next, in the next generations will have uh, in the in the archives here of entertainment and yeah. such. So okay, now how? Can yeah, I think I think the film. I, I think the film has got. Uh, quite a bit of uh, 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 longevity because of its the nature of the subject. I don't think it's something that's going to grow old quickly, uh, and hopefully the style is lively. Yes, we like and to think also the style is lively. Yeah, it's lively. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, you could say it's lively. Yeah, well, it's not like your typical uh, film, you know, about science and. Uh, the, the, right. Again, the STEM topics, you know how dull they can be, even though they're important. They can be a little dull. <laughs> yeah. But, so, okay, uh, finally here, uh, the film will be released, I understand, on June 29th worldwide and also in several continents. So tell us about uh, some of those other continents, what it will be available, and how can people see it, what platforms. Uh, can I start with the platforms, and then maybe you can clue in more on international. It's going to be on iTunes, Apple TV+, Google Play, YouTube, and Voodoo Domestic. And the rollout is on June 29th. Uh, pre-orders are available now on iTunes, but uh, it's out there in five languages. So I'll, I'll throw it over to Hugh to talk about where where it might be seen internationally and what, what countries – uh, you know, we, we were actually quite surprised at the uh, Janice at the uh, at the number of people internationally that were interested in the subject. Well, basically, it's made all over the world: Taiwan, China, Germany, Australia. There's a large um, plastics industry <clears throat> that um, that provides. Bakelite items to the automobile industry, the aerospace, and um, sometimes some home goods. Uh, so it's still in demand. And the movie uh, will be an educational tool in educational institutions all around the world teaching engineering, chemistry, and material science. 
Yeah, and uh, hopefully teaching uh, tenacity and stubbornness in your work. Yeah, yeah. It's inspirational. Very inspirational. Well, I am sure that you will our show is uh, it airs on two of the, I think they are the largest uh, podcast networks in India. And so it's also heard in five uh, countries in the Southeast Asia region. So I know Perfect. they will definitely be interested in, in this film as well. So yes. uh, this is this great work. Uh, I love to see films like this that are informative as well as entertaining. And you gentlemen have done a great job in, in doing both entities there. So thank you for your talent. Well, thank, thank you for having us. us. Talking okay, about all things Bakelite. <laughs> all things Bakelite. So one last question. Is there a website that people can go and um, say hello or, or just find out if more details of what? AllThingsBakelite.com. Okay. Yeah, AllThingsBakelite.com. And there's a lot of okay. stuff to see there. You can also get in contact with us. Uh, personally, you and John and Mark are media guys. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, I'll make sure that we highlight that information and uh, let everyone know that they can stop by, say hello to you guys, track the success of the film, uh, ask questions, maybe make it a party, especially if they're teachers out there. Maybe they want to show it and purchase it for their classroom studies, especially since some of the students are still working at home, but... We'll see how that's going to turn out. But I think you, you guys have, again, done a wonderful, wonderful job. And I really thank you for chatting with me to give me some backstory and some insight about the making of the film. Great. Well, thanks for having us. Okay. And I'll be uh, downloading and, and streaming and tuning in and all of that on June 29th with the rest of the world. I, I, I like being a part of when, even though I see it early, I still want to be a part of the, the bigger audience as well. It's a lot of fun. Great. Yes, definitely so. Well, thanks to you, well, both of you gentlemen. Take care then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Okay, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, giving us some details about the making of that fascinating-sounding documentary. Uh, again, it is All Things Bakelite, and the director, John Mayer, and uh, the executive producer, Hugh Carricker. I forgot to ask him the pronunciation the correct pronunciation of his last name. We were just so busy talking. But anyway, this film is uh, about uh, the life story of his great-grandfather, Leo Bakeland. Um, and again, this film will be out on June 29th. It's available around the world, six continents, uh, streaming all the top streaming outlets, Voodoo, YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, iTunes, all of the biggies, it will be available. So please uh, go and purchase the link and watch it. And especially, again, if you have uh, kids or, or if you're a college student and you're into uh, science and chemistry and such, this is a wonderful film uh, so that you can know more about uh, the life of the father of 
the plastics industry. And so next time I pick up something plastic, I mean, after I talk with them, uh, next time I pick up anything plastic, I'm going to have a whole different uh, outlook on knowing that I spoke to the great-grandson of the gentleman who uh, invented this very inexpensive, non-flammable, and versatile plastic that the whole world has enjoyed uh, for all these decades. So I hope that you have enjoyed this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, And again, make sure that you go, and no matter where you're listening to this show, uh, you can take part and look at the wonderful films from the 7th Annual Nevada Women's Film Festival. And their website, again, is nwff.com. EST.com and it starts on uh, yeah, June 21st through the 27th. A lot of films, 58 films from 20 foreign countries. There's got to be one, two, or maybe 50 at least that you are, will like and enjoy. So that's it. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening as always, and we'll see you on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.